on this week's episode, Lightyear blasts off to infinity and beyond. Will Spiderhead sting viewers on Netflix? And how mad is Melinda at Xbox? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, where we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer out there on Facebook slash meta slash whatever it wants to call itself this week. Plus also as well, you can catch us at popculturecosmos.com. Vampires and Vitae, Wizards and Wine, and we are the number one place to go for the latest news and trends in pop culture right there on Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos as well, and so much more. And if you can support all that, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend on the way back once again. That she is the mastermind behind Vampires and Vitae, Wizards and Wine, and all the things that she does as part of the number one tabletop RPG streaming crew, including Monday's Demolition Force for the Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. It is my good friend, and a very angry one at that. It is. <laughs> Melinda Barkhouse Ross. I know that laugh didn't actually prove that she's mad, but my gosh, I will be pushing those buttons here quite soon. Do you need to push those buttons, though? I mean. Oh, yes. You know what? You are in the business of radio for over 20 years. How many times off air were you told little arguments here and there or angry tones here and there spices up the ratings? Well, let me tell you, there were a few very colorful arguments that eventually made their way on, uh, like on air. And then those conversations were always the ones that people would call and ask about, or, you know, you'd see people out in public and they would ask you about those. So it's definitely the stuff that sticks with you. That's for sure. Well, you know, the other main show I do as far as on podcasts, outlets everywhere is the Lakers fast break. And seemingly the, when we have the arguments the loud arguments, the yeah. names drop, the bad words drop, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That seems to get most everybody's dandruff and most viewers and the most watches, listens, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, on this show, though, we do that nice style of communication. Josh and I for years. Now, you and I for years. I'm sorry to say, by the way, for years. <laughs> <laughs> that great line of communication going. And for whatever it's worth, 
it's still been a great ride. And I continue to go ahead and say, you know what, we'll try to keep this argument free as best we can. Yeah, that? I mean, if, if anybody's going to argue with anybody, I'm probably going to end up arguing with myself. Well, you <laughs> could argue with Xbox. You yeah. say, get that protest sign ready and get ready to head up to Washington. because Yeah, I have about three drafts of a very strongly worded email. Okay, fair enough, ready. indeed. Yeah. But before we talk about all the great things on the show, including Lightyear hitting the box office around the world, we'll talk about that coming up in a bit for Pixar's latest feature film, which is actually for the first time in years heading back to the big screen because the last three Pixar outings were straight to Disney Plus. So we'll talk about that coming up before we even talk about the latest hit on Netflix by none other than Chris Hemsworth, Spiderhead. Before we talk about the latest episodes of Miss Marvel and Obi-Wan Kenobi, before we talk about the latest scandal at WWE, before we talk about Final Fantasy whatever, because <laughs> seemingly Final Fantasy, whatever you want to add on to it as far as the name is concerned, that we got to talk about as well. We first are going to talk about the thing that might make you angry this week, and that oh, is what was announced at the recent Xbox showcase, which was a great demo for Diablo 4. Now, first you thought, oh, Gerald, yeah, it looks good. Diablo Immortal, I'll download it. No, no, I was saying, Melinda, Melinda, this is not Diablo Immortal, the free-to-play game, which you can get already right now. This is Diablo 4, the uh -huh. full-fledged console game slash PC game coming out next year to Xbox Games Pass for the Xbox and PC. No PlayStation involved there, and it looks like it's going to stay far away from there. So I told Josh on the air, I said, I can't <laughs> wait to hear her thoughts as the Diablo queen that you are oh, on Diablo 4, which actually looks really good. And I'm actually really looking very much into it because it reminded me a lot of Gauntlet with the four-player co-op involved in sure. it. Yep. So I want to hear your thoughts on Diablo 4 coming to PC and Xbox and no PlayStation. Okay, so... Um, by the way, this is something we talked about a couple months ago, and I, I thought that would have happened. Yeah, so uh, good on you for being right, I guess. Well, that was because of the purchase. You don't purchase that type of company with Activision Blizzard and say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and just keep on doing non-exclusives. I disagree. I think that doing non-exclusives is a great way to make sure you make all the money in the world. <sighs> but I digress. <laughs> that big sigh was just like, <laughs> she's got her protest letters ready, by the way. I do, I do. No, so it's interesting that that was just announced because it was about a week ago, maybe two weeks ago now, I discovered that there are two players in Wizards of Wine, in, oh, sorry, Wizards and Wine, who have never played Diablo 3. Oh. So... All of us on our PlayStations are now playing Diablo 3 together and having an absolute blast. The bottom line, really, Gerald, it comes down to this. Like, I'm not going to buy a whole new console just to be able to play one game, even though I love it as much as I do. I just cannot justify dropping that much money. But you'll be able to play it on your PC. Yeah, but this isn't for gaming. This is, I mean, it is for gaming, just not for that kind of gaming. It's its really, this computer is all about uh, the podcasts and the streams that we do and making sure that it has enough <laughs> 
memory and RAM and extra drives that it needs to make sure that it's accomplishing, you know, the things that we needed to do for this stuff. I can't just suddenly start loading video games on it because I've sit in this room at this computer enough. I don't need more. Not even Diablo 4? Not, I, I just can't. No, I don't, I don't want to. I mean, you won't even have to get Xbox Games Pass, most likely. Most likely, they'll sell a standalone version for the requisite $50, $60, $70, and you'll be able to go from there. Yeah, but you still need the Xbox. No, or play, I'm talking about PC. You'll be able to oh, buy it. Well, yeah. I'm still, sure you'll be able, I, able to go on Steam and buy it separately. You won't need the Games Pass for You'll just yeah. be able to. Although Josh was suggesting maybe if you have a Samsung TV, because Samsung TV will soon, or if it doesn't have it already, the ability to go ahead and have Xbox Games Pass if you wanted to do that. So Yeah, but they also it. eavesdrop on all of your business. Well, Those they Samsung all do that. TVs. Well, don't they? I, I don't know. It was know the Samsung's, they... right? Yeah, it was the Samsung's, I believe. But yeah. I love my Samsung. I got a Samsung over the holidays. It is beautiful it's gorgeous i'm not gonna say too much about it, it i love it i love my sense you're just very happy about it i get it, it i understand it's really cool it's really cool. um obviously exactly what xbox needed to do was make diablo exclusive bar <laughs> <laughs> i like that extra barf on the side <laughs> it, it, it's something what they do they they had to showcase because you know playstation with its state of play they showcased a lot of their consoles exclusives at least for many of them like final fantasy at some point in time they may go to xbox but it will be a year two years before they go to that right and, you know with street fighter 6 that's going to be a console exclusive on playstation initially so Xbox has to do something in return to volley, serve, volley, serve right back there to you. So they get Starfield. That's coming exclusively to the Xbox yeah. and PC. Same thing with Diablo 4. I cannot blame it. It's the, it's the console wars are going to continue to go. Because again, each side is invested in their own consoles. And somewhere Nintendo's just laughing at each of them saying, hey, our Switch keeps selling year after year. After <laughs> yeah, year. Right? Didn't they just down and announce a new Switch as well? Well, they had a new Switch that they dropped was last year that had a little bit better resolution. But they've actually, the current one, which is still a good price, a good value, obviously, if you haven't got it yet, but it is now well over 100 million sold. So it is on its way to passing the PlayStation 4 at some point in time right. in the next two, three years as the, I guess if you still consider it part of this generation or part of that generation, excuse me, then it would probably be the winner of all three between that and the Xbox One. But I think at this point in time, you know, you, Nintendo gets by on what it needs to. It just doesn't have to go ahead and try and see if it has better horsepower, or has this or has that, like PlayStation Xbox does. It does a great job on its own. But with the Xbox and PlayStation, it's all about the exclusives. That's the only reason why you want to get it. We talked about the fact that Xbox Games Pass has a better value, I think, because it's willing to go ahead and commit to day one exclusives right. as yeah. opposed to PlayStation, which waits a year or two years before they'll drop that on their new vaunted PlayStation Plus yeah. access that they're going to offer. So it's an interesting tit for tat between these these console makers, but... Diablo 4, I, you could just read the tea leaves. Once they purchase Bethesda, once they purchase Blizzard, once they purchased Activision, once they purchased all these titles, 
they're going to pick and choose which ones they want going out on all consoles and which games that they want going exclusive to try and entice you. Starfield seemed like a no-brainer. Diablo 4 seemed to me like a no-brainer. The question comes when not this year's Call of Duty with Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, because that's still going to come to multi-platform. The question comes down the line, will everything that Xbox has purchased go to a console exclusive? I don't think that they will. I think there's still like Call of Duty that they're going to go ahead and continue to sell on a multi-platform basis. But yes, the decisions that you're seeing now are the ramifications of all those acquisitions both companies have made. Yeah, but why would you not make Call of Duty exclusive? Like Uh, a serious, like genuine question. That's too much money. I mean, for instance, Call of Duty Vanguard, which actually sold less than its predecessor, still was the number one title of the year, according to the MPD, for the United States. You know, it's still the number one seller, whatever Call of Duty is released that year, each and every year it comes out. No matter how much we talk about Call of Duty declining sales and right. Call of Duty's on the way out, people are liking Call of Duty Warzone, whatever, yada, yada. It's still the number one selling each and every year. So as you talk about why would you give up the money on being on PlayStation, obviously Xbox is willing to go ahead and push Xbox Games Pass by sacrificing Starfield and Diablo 4 sales on PlayStation but not as far as doing a Call of Duty. Now, they did Call of Duty on exclusive with the next version of Call of Duty, not this year's version, but the next Call of Duty. Right. Because remember, the sale hasn't gone through yet officially for Activision Blizzard. So that's also something to keep in mind as well. That won't go through until next year if all goes well. But if that's the case, the next iteration of Call of Duty, if that goes console platform, then I'll be proven wrong, but I just think there'll be too much money left on the table. Yeah. I just think it, I just think there's a point. Sure. So what I'm hearing here, Gerald, is I need to fall in love with a better, more popular, more in-demand game than what I have chosen to fall in love with and became very good at. Why? (laughs) Well, because then I won't have to worry about it being taken away from me like I am a bad child who ate a cookie before dinner. Okay, fair enough. That's what it feels like. I feel like I'm being punished, like I've done something naughty, and I have not. All I've done is love Diablo, and now I can't have it. It's very upsetting. If you decide to, though, maybe get a spare PC, just a cheap little inexpensive PC, although the cheap and inexpensive is really hard to say these days. But, yeah, right. uh, uh, you know, a PC that you could set aside for this. I mean, you've got it till next summer at the very least because they, they talked about it only being like 12 months away. So I still see it coming out at the maybe March, April, May at the earliest, but most likely as video games always get delayed probably not until sometime later next year. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess for now, I'm just going to take my my group of girls and we will continue to play through Diablo 3 and on Diablo 4 for now, I guess. All right. Well, if you change your mind on Diablo 4, yeah. four-player co-op. It's so I'm upsetting. In. I want it I'm so in. I want it so badly. It's not fair. Well, if I get it and then I stream it, you're really going to send me some hate mail indeed. <laughs> there will be a strongly worded anonymous email. <laughs> and it will say, definitely not from Melinda. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Yes. But it is Diablo 4. And it is coming to PC and Xbox sometime next year. We want to hear your thoughts. If you're as mad as Melinda on Diablo 4, 
please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Thanks for checking out the PCC. You know, the Pop Culture Cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. So let me get this straight. We're going to play a like a video game together? or Well, not exactly. Okay, fine. W- where's the controller? Oh, that's, it's, it's right here. This is literally a sheet of paper. I don't understand what you... Well, here, re- you're going to need these two. Dice? You just had... Are these even dice? We are going to play Vampire the Masquerade. It's a role-playing game. What kind of vampire do you want to be? Okay, now you're telling me there's more than one kind of vampire? Oh, my friend, you have no idea. There's an Osferatu, there's Vampires and Vitae, an actual play podcast. Season 2 to Pop Culture Cosmos. Well, now we get into the nitty-gritty for this weekend, and obviously the first main topic for this weekend is Lightyear, a return to the theaters for Pixar. And I can just tell you from what I know of the Pixar studio, they're really elated that they have a movie that's going back out in theaters. It's expected yeah, to in between 70 to 80 million. I can tell you my source inside Pixar is extremely happy at this point about the move back to the theaters that they thought Lightyear was worthy of being a theatrical release. And again, it could very well take the top spot here domestically and worldwide with about 140 million expected worldwide and about 70 to 80 million. Depends on how far the fall is for the second week of Jurassic World Dominion. So I want to hear your thoughts on Lightyear. This brings back to the theaters, Pixar, but again, they've, they've been not, it's not that they've had a bad run. Luca, Soul, Soul was a really good movie. And of course, Turning Red, you and I were just saying, yeah, blown Tremendous away by things it. about yeah. We were just blown away by turning red. Yeah, looking back in hindsight, I'm probably going to say it was a good move for Disney to go ahead and send those movies to Disney Plus because with the lack of content at times. Yeah. Although I got proven wrong this week when I found out that the Rescue Rangers actually has done really, really well on Disney Plus, <laughs> but outside of that, there's been a lack of content so the pixar movies have really been very much needed in the growth of disney plus so i want to hear your thoughts was this a good move for disney now that they're returning back to theaters to have those movies luca soul and turning red go straight to disney plus and now finally returning to the theaters with chris evans as lightyear i really think that turning red was on the cusp i think that turning red could have gone to theaters and i I think that it would have done very well because and i know that we were just coming at the end of the book of slow right yes yes we were just at the end of that and we were just at the beginning of that giant gap before uh the next star wars thing hit to disney plus so yeah it was really on the cusp i think of for turning red and it's a little bit of a bummer because it also would have been incredibly cool for those audiences to go and see turning red in theaters. And then I would have been interesting to hear the conversations between moms and daughters and sisters and friends and, and things like that as they were leaving the theater. I think there might've been like a, a communal experience that was missed with turning red, but I was also at the same time, very glad that it didn't go to movie theaters because well, I got to stay at home in my sloppy clothes and I didn't have to brush my hair. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I guess, very important as well. I mean, uh, millions is. of people got to watch at home and 
not comb their hair while doing yeah. so. But it was a big hit for Disney+. Plus. There's no disputing that. Again, I think that was the right move, although they were very upset, from what I could gather, at Pixar for not releasing it. I think they were under the inference that it was going to be released into theaters. And then, if, from what I remember, they switched it kind of, not last minute, but they switched it not too much in advance for straight to Disney Plus. So I know that they weren't thrilled about that, but it is now light year. And this, I guess, uh, imagining of how the Buzz Lightyear would have been created in a normal sense, but it's actually a a prequel that's been made years after the Toy Story saga has concluded. And it's just seemingly, to me, uh, a good story so far from what I've seen. It's got good numbers. 80% on Rotten Tomatoes is the, the score. Even though the Metacritic score is around 60-ish, it's not great. But it seems like it's getting like, okay. A lot of people saying it's okay, which I think is a good start. But it's not going to be one considered, I don't think, one of Pixar's best. But to me, I think it's just great having that feeling that Pixar can be a theatrical movie movie company once again because i think in their own minds they started to doubt themselves i'm I'm just getting this inference that they were starting to doubt themselves if disney would ever have the face to in putting one of their really good films over the box office once again yeah and i think that doing it with lightyear and you know having the the toy story machine behind it kind of makes sense that this is the the pixar film that is the one that it has been shown to go ahead and make it into theaters. You're right, because it's got that momentum from, like you said, it got the rub from Toy Story. Lightyear is a very familiar name that's been harkened now for over 20 years when you consider the first one and when it came out so long ago and how it evolved into that. I mean, Buzz Lightyear is now really a, a part of this as far as this whole Toy Story, Pixar, whole this whole gambit, because you know Buzz Lightyear has been... He had actually an afternoon television show, the cartoon, yeah. and some other spinoffs. Obviously, a ride at Disneyland. Or so Buzz Lightyear has become a, a household name. And to have him in theaters, at least his origin story per se, I think is really good. I think the fact that a lot of people are enjoying it or going to be enjoying it this weekend, I think, tells you that Disney has faith in Pixar once again to go ahead and be a, a foundational piece for their theatrical films once again. So that's good news for everybody out there, I think. Do you really think that Disney lost faith in Pixar? I think so. I think Do so. you really? I think so. I think Turning Red was the kicker for me. I mean, Soul, I thought, could have done very well in theaters. Luca, I think, would not have done well in theaters. I'm not convinced Luca. Luca was an okay movie. I didn't have any problem with it. Right. But... Luca just did not seem to me like something I think a lot of people would have gravitated toward to. And I don't hear many of the people talking about, or at least behind the scenes or who gauged the numbers, how about how well it did. I haven't heard that it's done tremendously well on Disney plus. So that leads me to believe that it might not have done well out there in the years. I know soul did well in Disney plus originally because it came at a time that we really needed content coming to our homes. So soul I know really did well. I know Turning Red did amazing numbers and it was right there up with the very best and most popular of Netflix when it came out. So I really don't have any problems with that. In fact, I think it beat The Adam Project, which, you know, was something that was very sure, yeah. bonded, you know, with Ryan Reynolds and all that. Yeah. So seeing that, 
success, I think Luca probably of the three would have been the one I thought that is it's the most centered for being straight to Disney Plus. The other two, I think, were something that I think could have done well in theaters. And I think, again, as the inferences of the source I have that, you know, that's at Pixar, they were very clearly upset about Turning Red not becoming a theatrical release. But again, it all worked out for the best because it became a massive hit on Disney Plus. And need I say more? See, here's what's funny to me is the Buzz Lightyear, it doesn't really, I'm not excited about that. I'm really not. And I was way more excited about turning red. So me, myself, as a person, as a human being, as a consumer, as a moviegoer, I would have been way more apt to see turning red in theater than I would be to see the Buzz Lightyear movie. But I could see Disney just because of the association with Toy Story. Of course, yeah. Leaning towards, okay, if we're going to go ahead and release a movie from Pixar on one of these two, which whatever one I'm going to pick, that's going to go theatrical and one's going to stay on Disney plus. I think they were hedging their bets with the familiarity yeah. with toy story. Yeah, I guess the answer is obvious when you, when you kind of put it that way, but which is really too bad because turning red is such a special movie. Exactly. So, I yeah. agree with you so much. It's one of the year's best, in my opinion, just been a, a, just a great film to watch and so beautiful to look at. And I'm expecting the same things with Lightyear. It seems like a very fun movie. I can't wait to catch it, but what are your thoughts out there on Lightyear? We'd love to know as it hits theaters. The other question before we head to the break that I want to ask you is the fall of Jurassic World Dominion. Do you think that Jurassic World Dominion can still say at number one here domestically at the box office? Worldwide, I think it's going to be Lightyear. But in its second week with critical ratings and the word of mouth being a little bit better, much better in some cases than the critical rating, which was really, the movie was kind of really not that well favored, but Josh loved it. And that can mean a a lot of good translation as far as word of mouth is concerned. Do you see good returns like you did with Top Gun Maverick? I don't. I personally think there's going to be an over 50% loss in the second week, but your thoughts on the second week for Jurassic World Dominion. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that one. You know, and with that said, our tickets are for this week. (laughs) So that was just the way that things went last week. My gosh, another week of what the crap is going on. We uh, didn't have a chance to make it into the movie theater, unfortunately. So we had to move our tickets. But I don't think it's going to stay in the number one spot. I think that, you know, the the people who are, you know, the diehard Jurassic folks went in the first week. And I just don't know that there's enough of them who are still in love enough with it. To... It's supposed to be the last one, but you and I yeah, know. Yeah, it, no, it's not. There's the, in like five years, there's going to be a relaunch of Jurassic Park somehow. No, not five. I, Josh thinks that same way as you do. I think it's less. I think Universal is just like, got to have more money. Because you got to remember, Fast yeah. and Furious, once they finish that two-parter, that's supposed to be the last one as well. I don't think they can stay away from that money from either of those IPs. I just don't think so. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens, but yeah, I just <laughs> oh, okay. I'm just uh, talking can't out of my stay away. No, no, yeah. no. I no, I was actually saying can't keep away from the money. Oh, away. Oh, that's what that away. means. Yes, oh. you, grabbing the money. I'm grabbing for the money. <laughs> Give me the money. Show me the money. Yeah. Something like that. So absolutely, but no, yeah. I can't see it continuing to do huge numbers like that. How well is Peacock doing? Well, could be doing better. 
<laughs> could be doing Jurassic Park level better. Yes, that's true. Yeah. And they could be doing Fast and Furious level better. Now, it could be easier. We talked about this before. I, I theorized that maybe some series with those IPs could be on the way as far as for Peacock. It would probably be a lot easier to crash cars and a lot cheaper than to make CG dinosaurs. So I'd say of the two, I'd probably say a Fast and Furious spin-off series would probably be more likely, but that's just me. So that's just me. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, if you wouldn't it be interesting to do like an explorer kind of series with Jurassic Park and feature like a dino of the week or something. There you go. Do 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 yeah. hosted by Melinda Barkhouse Ross. Yeah. I have a second email to send. Hang on. There you go. All right. <laughs> I'm in the jungles of Colombia today looking for the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Found it. See you next yes. week. <laughs> oh, sorry, Gerald. Yes, you, you know, I see my legs just like right in the middle of the teeth. Just, then he goes up and reaches for it. Well, he's a Tyrannosaurus Rex, so he has really short arms, can't do it. But yeah. tries to use my legs as a toothpick as he's, you know, walking away. There you go. But Nice. Nice, nice indeed. But what are your thoughts out there on Jurassic World Dominion? Have you had a chance to catch it yet? Josh has had favorable reviews. Melinda's going to go ahead and catch it. In its second week, we're not sure how it's going to do. Will it have the same kind of hold that Top Gun Maverick had? Because that has been a tremendous hit for Tom Cruise. As it nears $800 million, I think it's actually going to pass Doctor Strange at this point. It already has in the U.S. as far as domestic money only. Right. It's already the biggest hit of the year. I see good things still for that movie as well. So what are your thoughts out there on going to the movies this weekend? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up next, Melinda and I are going to be talking some Spiderhead. Going ahead and see if they can go and sting you on Netflix. Plus, also, we'll be talking about the latest episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi and Miss Marvel. A whole bunch of Final Fantasy coming up. And the latest scandal to rock the WWE. Could this be the end of Vince McMahon as we know it? We'll Oof. talk about that at the back end of the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, holy grails, play sets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. And we're back with the show. It's the PC Multiverse. It's Melinda Barkhouse Ross and me, Gerald Glassford, come back to you right here on the program. Thank you so much for watching and listening. And big shout out to all of our radio stations around the world that carries our wonderful show. And Melinda. I ask you before we head to our next topic. Yeah. And just wanted to ask you real quick, what are you up to? What evil plans do you have for your players as you go ahead and arrange so much as far as vampires and vitae and all the great things that you're doing for all your players out there on all your Ooh. tabletop role-playing games? Well, it's a lot. After a last minute unexpected live stream cancellation last week, we will be back at the table this coming Sunday, starting at 1.30 Pacific Standard Time. And this coming Monday is our official first episode for Wizards and Wine and The Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Uh, and that will come up on Monday morning. We'll have that one available. So I've done session zero with both groups, the girls back in Halifax and the local group here in Vegas as well. And we have some first time 
D&D players at the table and a couple with very limited experience. So it's a, it's a really neat table. I'm really excited about it. And hopefully, fingers crossed, you'll take some time and check it out. And where can somebody catch all this great action? Well, always the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. You can also find us wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Pop Culture Cosmos Twitch. You can find our Facebook page and follow us there as well to get a, a really good look at what we're up to and all of those, that kind of stuff. So yeah, no, we've been working really hard and trying to do our best to make sure that we're keeping things as entertaining as possible. And I believe you are doing an outstanding job. You Thank and everybody you. on the team, you and everybody on the crew. I want to give a big shout out to Mitch, who does a great job with his weekend games. Plus also as well, of course, we've got Roger with the Demolition Force. I like the last one. I, I couldn't be there, but I was watching it on the stream. And, you know, when they say Demolition Force is going to be dying soon, you know, like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> what's going on here? Fortunately, yeah. they escaped with their lives. But for how much longer? We don't know. So tune in every Monday for the Demolition Force with Roger and all the great crew that's there and occasionally us as well. So. You'll see that going on as the number one tabletop RPG streamer. So catch all the great things that are going on. Melinda's games, Vampires and Vitae, you know, Robbie Ross. He's going to be doing a lot of great things that are there as well. Mitch, the whole nine yards right there at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. But for now, it is you and I talking more great pop culture. And Chris Hamsworth, he's going to be coming up next month as Thor, Love and Thunder, and all that great stuff. But first... Netflix is dropping his latest movie. He filmed this a couple of years ago during the pandemic. So it's one of those movies, similar to what I saw with The Adam Project, just something within a very confined space. Not right. too many locales, not too many individuals involved. Try to keep it at a minimum. So, and that's a very understandable during the COVID situation. So with that said, it was a nice payday movie, I think, for Chris Hemsworth, just like it was for Ryan Reynolds. But the question I have for you as Spiderhead hits Netflix this weekend is that this is a movie with him and Miles Teller are the main names in this as they are in a prison with Chris Hemsworth as the overseer. And in order to go ahead and get a sooner release, Miles Teller as a prisoner and other prisoners have to undergo these experiments. And with Chris Hemsworth talking to the prisoners, just like, okay, you need to do this now, you need to do this and gets to psychological things that are going on. And they're very creepy as it were. But Chris Hemsworth's wife had the number one movie on Netflix recently with Interceptor, Elsa Pataki. So what goes on in the dinner table if Chris Hemsworth's movie, his latest movie, Spiderhead, doesn't reach the same kind of numbers as Elsa Pataki's movie, Interceptor, which was, I think, number one for two weeks in a row? I think what it will do... Dragon rights. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's going to give some folks some bragging rights. And I mean, we, we used to, Robbie and I used to do the same kind of thing. Episode of Wizards and Wine would drop. Episode of Vampires and Vitae would drop. And we would like compare numbers all the time. And Oh, I love it. I absolutely Yeah, we were just it. like super nerds about it. And, if, you know, it was actually a little bit gross, to be honest. But I imagine it's the same kind of thing. They've both been paid. They're both happy. They're both gorgeous. Stop. Okay. <laughs> so I get some juice in there. Yeah, it's like... Right? Yeah. I mean, y'all are fine. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you know, Elsa has the Fast and Furious movies uh -huh. that she's worked on that she can brag about. And Chris Hemsworth yep. has that, you know, little Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah, thing. You know, thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. he's a great comedic actor, which I'm, I'm really still is. waiting for. 
I am still waiting for the project non-Thor, non-Taiko Atiti Thor, that he could be in that will utilize his comedic strengths. Because I think he's one of the most underappreciated comedic actors concerned. Because I really think he has a lot of great instincts. Yes. Especially when you watch the last Thor movie and, of course, what happened with the Avengers. You see the potential for him to really get a nice comedy it's just he's given the worst scripts in the world. The Men in Black reboot, that was awful. Yeah, the Ghostbusters reboot, that was not a very well-loved or appreciated movie. I wish he would get in that opportunity. If he does, I think he's going to knock it out of the park. You know how sometimes you just get into a groove with a group of people. You know what to expect. You know what they are expecting. You know how they write. You know when it's okay to improv and throw an extra line in or take mm. a line out or, or whatever. I wonder if that is where Chris Hemsworth has found his comfort when it comes to the comedy stuff where, you know, you, you have people encouraging him to do more, go further, be funnier, lean more into the himbo. Thing at least in the Thor thing. Cause with Thor. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Like, I, I think that little bit of, of comfort that he has with that now well-established family at this point, let's face it, they're spending mm-hmm. so much time together. I think that might have something to do with it. I'm sure that he's got no lack of scripts coming his way. Yeah. And I just wonder if he has just found that charisma with that particular group of individuals working on those movies. And he's having a hard time finding that funny outside of that group. Well, I'll tell you what, if he can find someone that can write as well for him, like Taika Waititi, as he said in a recent interview, and he said this before, that he was quite bored of the Thor character when it came to filming the first movie he did with Taika Waititi. And Taika Waititi just changed his opinion, changed his his view on how yes. Thor could be. And, and now he's really excited to play the character. It comes through, it comes across, and he's very entertaining. He's totally transformed himself in an age where we were losing Robert Downey Jr. to a point where he has has evolved into one of the most beloved Avengers simply because of the fact he's become so darn entertaining. Yes, absolutely. 100%. I agree with all of those words. Well, what are your thoughts out there on Spiderhead, though? As you're gonna, <laughs> you're going to check it out this weekend on Netflix? Is it a horror movie? I'm sorry. I don't really know. A no, horror. it's a psychological thing where they're like, like I said, they're in a, I guess, a, a futuristic style prison where they get their yeah. senses taken off by if they just do experiments. So they're sitting, it's almost like a psychological thing because he's in a room talking to them through a, a mic, a PA, you know, and, and the prisoners are interacting with each other. And then he's going to ask them to do darker and darker things that they go on. Obviously, you don't see much of that in the trailer because they want to leave that for what's in the movie. But again, I'm going to give this some slack because this was filmed during COVID and it does look like it's a paycheck movie for Chris Hemsworth because of the fact that it does look like it was done in the confines of a certain space, very few locales, very few individuals actually involved in the movie. So I'm going to give them some slack on that. But yeah, I'm definitely thinking that will still, because of his name value, and the fact he's done well previously with other films on Netflix, I think this has got to hit again. I'm sorry to Elsa Pataki, but I think he'll be able to go ahead and say, you know what, I've got number one, two coming up at the dinner table in the not-too-distant future. A psychological thriller I can handle. A horror movie I cannot. No, it's psychological, uh, yeah. So, yeah, okay. Psychological, yeah, I can handle that. You know, he was in Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. That Never was after it. Thor. Yeah, okay. That's, mm-hmm. that's actually a funny 
very uh, I don't know if it's gross per se, but it's very bloody. But it's also right. a pretty funny tongue-in-cheek type <laughs> horror movie. Yeah, it's, uh, it's actually you know, well, I know you can you get right. the chills right now. Just I do, I do. Yet. Just thinking right. about uh, no. But you know, if you, anybody out there hasn't seen it yet, <laughs> that actually likes tongue-in-cheek, somewhat funny horror movies, it's actually for you out there. But yeah. need I digress? But what are your thoughts out there on Spiderhead as it reaches the waves of netflix this weekend right there out for you on your streaming service please let us know popculturecosmos at yahoo.com before we hit the break i want to do share some thoughts on star wars obi-wan kenobi and miss marvel miss marvel is episode two star wars obi-wan kenobi is episode five one episode left for obi-wan and miss marvel is still just getting started although both are only six episodes I wish Disney Plus would not throw them on the same day. I really think they're making a mistake by that. I wish they would do the Tuesday, Thursday thing. Yep. I really think that's probably the best way to do it, but they throw them on Wednesday together. Your thoughts on the episodes, if you've caught them already, Obi-Wan looks more and more like he's going to have another rematch with Darth Vader in the not-too-distant future. They kind of had a little thing on episode three, not mm-hmm. to give away too many spoilers, but really wasn't that much of a good matchup, but I think if they're going to have a decent matchup, it's heading for episode six. But I do want to make sure everybody knows out there, do see the performance of Moses Ingram. She is sensational in the show. And I will just leave it at that. Yeah, she is so good. And the young actress playing Leia is terrifying that she is that good and she's that young. Terrifying. And I know a lot of people have had, you know, a lot of issue thinking that the Leia character is too sassy, too this, too that. Come on. Like, wasn't Princess Leia like a senator by 19 and could speak exactly and and all of this? Yeah. Of course, she would have been a precocious 10-year-old. Give me a break. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I think, again, Moses Ingram and the young lady who's playing Princess Leia doing a tremendous job i really they are making it a pretty good watch it's not a great series for me but it is a pretty good series i mean after the book of slow buffet i think uh, everybody decided a little pick me up is in store and i know early on it's got some pacing issues as well but after that it's kind of picked up at a decent pace and i really like what i've seen out of obi-wan kenobi with miss marvel Episode two was not quite as good for me as a watch as episode one, but then again, it got into more the teenage crush, teenage (laughs) things of that nature, like coming of age movies, which I've seen probably 10 million times too many. So I think that probably kind of jaded me out a little bit. I'm not saying it was bad by any stretch. It just, it was there. But we're starting to see a little bit as far as the mystery behind her family is concerned. What I like though, as far as seeing her culture, And the Pakistani culture that she's a part of with the mosques and how she interacts on a daily basis with her friends and her family in these type of settings. That's the part I really like to, because for me, it's a learning experience as well. Mm -hmm. But as she's learning her powers from the bracelet, but I think it's a bengal that's around her wrist that she now is getting powers from. She's learning how to utilize it better. Just getting to know the forces that are trying to also get a hold of that bengal, as they say. 
It's a bracelet for all for everybody out there if you're not familiar with with. It Bangle. almost looks like a really big cuff. Like I don't know why I want to say the bracers of power. And I a know band. That it's a band of some type. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know the braces of power are like four different things from D and D all smashed together. Yeah, exactly. So I, I know that's not your, your thoughts on Miss Marvel. I mean, I think it's I think, okay. That two is kind of like a little squishy high school stuff, you know? Yeah, of it's it, but... it's for a younger audience, and yeah. I think it's doing exactly what it needs to do yeah, to keep that younger audience to keep their attention um, i agree i think it's it's very good for a younger audience for myself it's a little bit too cotton candy but yes. that's fine also I'm, i've passed no judgment on that because you know there's a time on a thursday night at what is it 11 37 when that's really what you want to do I agree with you. I mean, again, for us, it's it's there. It's cotton candy. Yeah. Like you said, I think that's the best way to phrase it. But yeah. for me as well, again, you know, I'm seeing enough good things from it, especially after the first yeah. episode, the second episode again. But we'll see what happens as we continue our series with Ms. Marvel, especially with some other stuff coming up like the Umbrella Academy and some other series that are going to take some time away from it, how it fares. But we'll see what happens. But if you have thoughts out there on Obi-Wan Kenobi as it heads into the series possibly finale but again it's you know with both miss marvel and obi-wan kenobi i think i'm having a good enough time and at this point i'm giving them both a good pass what are your thoughts out there on obi-wan kenobi and miss marvel please let us know pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com hey this is chad from ghost toasters and you're listening to pop culture cosmos podcast If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. My friend, it's been a great episode, but before we head on out, two last things. The scandal part of the show... Almost like the police blotter. We almost got like a report on a police blotter every single week because there's nothing new happens in the world of pop culture that's relating to it. I mean, Kevin Spacey uh, back in the UK, getting some uh, issues there. Jeff Hardy for All Elite Wrestling, once with the WWE, going back to jail because he just can't stay away from the drink. But who is having the worst week could be Vince McMahon, as the Wall Street Journal reported that... At least there has been an investigation by the board of the WWE that there was a $3 million in hush money paid to a once paralegal for the company that started the job, started with the WWE in 2019, had an alleged affair with Vince McMahon and also John Laurinaitis, head of talent relations. Uh, Yeah. At various times during the course of the next couple of years and I guess the $3 million is being investigated as possible hush money that was company money that could be. So that's what they're investigating right now. So it's become a kind of very touchy subject over the WWE. Now, the WWE has 
been no stranger to controversy. They've courted yeah. controversy, especially if you watch the dark side of the ring, you're going to see a lot of controversy created uh -huh. by the WWE and some of its members, including Vince McMahon. And sometimes, especially Vince McMahon, when it comes to the <laughs> steroid era, the steroid trial of the nineties, you're talking about the XFL and now there are still lawsuits emanating from that. And, yeah, it's just really seemingly not going to be able to avoid controversy at times. And some of the things that's gone the plane ride from hell, you know, that's still something that, that was talked about recently on the dark side of the ring by Vice, which does a great job doing that. But your thoughts on this? I mean, I don't know yet 100% if it's going to lead to the ultimate demise of Vince McMahon. This is not like the first time he's gone down this road of controversy, but it's not going to paint a very rosy picture for the WWE. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. So I'm just looking at CNN.com. So they hired this woman. She was making $100,000. Yes. And as soon as the uh, <clears throat> extra beneficial relationship, if you know what I mean, started, her salary doubled. So she was making 200000 She had a time during her employment. Well, and then the allegations, again, first started with Vince McMahon, and then it yeah. led to supposedly Vince McMahon, quote-unquote, passing her off. Yeah, that's yeah. a very derogatory term, to head of talent like a, relations. Yeah, like a toy. Okay, quote-unquote, like a toy. Okay, to yeah. talent relations head John Laurinaitis. Yeah, that's something that, again, to me, I think could be very much something that people need to watch on. Now, they're both at television this weekend taping WWE SmackDown. Like, nothing's gone wrong or everything is business as usual, as they like to say at the WWE. But this could be a problem, especially, really again, is. if the board, as a publicly traded company, is investigating this and has been since April I mean, it's two months now, so it's a very slow and winding and thorough investigation, I hope. But yeah. to be so specific, and when the press got a hold of this, with the Wall Street Journal getting a hold of this specifically, you know, everybody else is fed on to it. I think this could be a big problem for the WWE. Absolutely is going to be. And, you know, especially I... an older Vince McMahon, not this is not the younger Vince McMahon going through the steroid trials and all that. This is exactly, 2022. Yeah. This is an older Vince McMahon. Yeah, he's 76 now. And it might be time for him to retire. Not so graciously. I have. I a mean, the company's worth billions. They are. And, you know, his daughter is still on the, on the board with her husband. But uh, she had to take a leave of absence recently. Oh, my goodness. Well, yes. is Paul Levesque, is he still there? He had heart issues. So oh he is like in some semi-retirement. Well, so now... It's being run by Nick Khan. He's been running as the company as a vice president, partially running a lot of the operations behind the scenes for a couple of years now. So he's been the one main factors driving as far as the, the company to be more attractive, rumored for a possible buy because of the fact he's, he's been a specialist at doing these type of things for, before for other companies, paring down departments, laying off certain individuals, laying off wrestlers, et cetera, et cetera. So this could even push the company further into a sale. If it does increase the expediency of that, it could be something that is very interesting to see. Gerald, I mean, between you and I, okay. right? This, this could be an opportunity to launch our own wrestling company. Absolutely. Las Vegas has always been a hotbed. Yeah, right I here mean, for the, 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 if the biggest guy on the board is weak, Now's the time. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, probably 10 years ago was the time, to be completely honest. <laughs> we wouldn't start today and try to take them on. But my goodness, what an opportunity for some of the smaller companies that have been trying to get past what the McMahons have been up to. Well, All Elite Wrestling is now at a point where with the Warner Brothers TNT TBS contract that they have has gotten them some good ratings and gotten them to be somewhat of a good competitor. They're not quite all the way there. But even in this type of turmoil for them, even a time when there's a lot of indecision or there's a lot of bad booking that's going on with WWE, they're still getting around 2 million viewers for each and every show that they're doing right around there. So be that as it may, I think they're at a very low point of their ebb right now at 2 million. So if, if all it takes is the next Steve Austin, all it takes is the next undiscovered individual that they can go ahead and push. And if that's the case, that might still put them out of reach. But this could be a big problem for the WWE, and we'll go ahead and keep following it right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So keep in tune with the news that we're covering on the WWE. But your thoughts, could this be the end of Vince McMahon with his latest scandal? Please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Want to mention before we head on out and before I mention Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy, I wanted to mention you were asking about PC games. And I wanted to make sure everybody knows with Prime Day at around the corner next month and with the summer Steam sale around next week, uh, right? Amazon has said, okay, Steam, here goes nothing. We're going to go ahead and try and just take a little bit of shine off your upcoming Steam summer sale starting on the 21st. They're going to release 30 PC games that you can download for free. Uh oh. You know, some of these aren't slackers at all. In fact, the best game that I played last year, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, the <laughs> game I love so much, surprising is no one, <laughs> is going to be free. Oh. Offer. So it starts at 21st, just to let you know. They're going to release a little by little by little, but yes, the total is 30 games starting June 21st through Amazon Prime. They'll go ahead and get you hooked up as far as these Steam games for free. They're PC games. Grid Legends, excellent game. Mass Effect Legendary Edition, Need for Speed Heat, Star Wars Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, Star Wars Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast, Star Wars Republic Commando. Those three are blast from the past. Those games are all going to be free. And then they're going to have even more, 25 more games. Some of them indies, some of them are actually somewhat familiar, but there's still going to be a great deal there. So that's 30 games Amazon Prime is going ahead and sending to you in advance starting the 21st. So please, if you're an Amazon account holder, please go ahead and make aware of this. I've actually put the link already in our feed for Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. So if you want to go ahead and check it out and get you started on where to go starting on the 21st, go ahead and check it out right there at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But yeah, 30 free games, including Mass Effect Legendary Edition for free. It's a BFD, man. Yes, it is a BFD indeed. But before we head on out, my friend, Final Fantasy had its 25th anniversary celebration earlier today. I know that you and I were on pins and needles in regards to that. Okay, I'm not really a Final Fantasy <laughs> fan per se too much, but I just get lost. To me, it reminds me so much of the, the Fast and Furious because they have this like timeline which goes all over the place, and then they release games it's like Final Fantasy this, Final Fantasy that. They throw a game out there, and they'll just slap a Final Fantasy label on it. Sometimes it's for the better. Sometimes it's for the much worse. So 
two things. Obviously, recently they did talk about with the PlayStation State of Play that Final Fantasy 16 yes. will be coming out at the not too distant future. I believe is a 2023 release that will be on PlayStation. But today they did talk about Final Fantasy 7 Remake Part 2. Part 2 is Rebirth. So we had the Final Fantasy 7 Remake, which came out last year to PlayStation owners. Right. That was, I guess, part one of a trilogy or multi-part deal. Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth is coming out next year. That's going to be part two. Again, mind you, this is a remake of a game that's already been made over a decade ago. So I don't get this. This is Final Fantasy being Final Fantasy going back in time. And there's still stuff coming out for Final Fantasy 14. And I don't know. Can you help me with this? I think that what I wish Diablo was, Final Fantasy is. Okay? In terms of fan service. I get it, but... You know, I, I really think that that's what a large majority of this is. I think it's just people are in love with Final Fantasy VII. They want more of it. They've been playing it since it came out. So why not give them something in two parts and squeeze a little bit more money out of it? Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which is supposed yeah. to be a part two, is supposed to have extra things in it and it's supposed yeah. to be deviating. Why not just make it a new game altogether? Well, why throw out the baby with the bathwater? All right. Okay. Got to you know slap I mean? on like, that Final Fantasy name, but the Final Fantasy VII name of all of the games, because the Final Fantasy VII is the most revered game of the right. entire series and one of the most yes. revered of all time. So yeah. I guess you got to do it. I guess. You exactly. Remaking a game that you made over a decade ago, and then uh-huh. now you're on top of that, you're making it into three parts. Yeah, you're adding some new stuff in there, a couple of new little things, a little something, something here, a little something, something there. Money, money, money. I'm ringing out every single dollar. Yes, Yes. if I'm Square Enix, every single Final Fantasy dollar. I can't keep track of it. Plus, you got to remember all the handheld games. Those are your Final Fantasy Tactics and Final Fantasy this, Final Fantasy that, Final Fantasy this, this, that, that. It gives me a headache. It's a lot. It does. It yeah. really is. But what a wonderful thing for somebody to accidentally discover one day and be like, mom, dad, did you know about this Final Fantasy game? <laughs> Next thing you know, you know, the, the giant box comes out of the closet and it's just sat down in front of you. Here's your next seven years, kiddo. Enjoy. When I was, when I was running my game stores, that was the worst question to ask me. Can you tell me if you have that Final Fantasy? Yeah. <laughs> And I would just turn around and I would see the lineup of Final Fantasy. This was 2007 to 2008. Final Fantasy games covering half my back wall. Which one would you like? Yeah. Where do you want to start? There's more than one. Oh, let me tell you. Do you have five hours? I'll sit you down right now. Here's the story. (laughs) Here's the story indeed. But what are your thoughts out there on a part two of a remake of a game that came out several years ago? in Final Fantasy VII Rebirth that's coming out next year, plus Final Fantasy XVI that's coming out next year as well. All this Final Fantasy. Can you have enough? Can we ever have enough of Final Fantasy? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com Well, my friend, it's been a great episode talking Final Fantasy, talking all the good stuff on Disney+. Plus. Talking Lightyear, arguing over Diablo 4. Well, we weren't arguing, but now yeah, you're we going to be arguing with Xbox. But yeah. any well, last so, thoughts before we yeah. head on out? 
The contest is still going on on the Vampires of Vitae Facebook page if you would like to win a set of the Alaman tarot deck tarot cards. It currently holds the title of the most backed tarot card deck in Kickstarter history. And all you have to do, there's five different cards, so you can have up to five entries. Just head over there, make some suggestions about what you think the card mechanics should be for the game. And we have the draw coming up in about three weeks. Where do they go? Vampires of Vitae on Facebook. So please go ahead and be part of the fun today on Vampires and Vitae, indeed. So from Melinda Barkhouse Ross, this is Gerald Glassman. This is another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. And thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great